AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. Grain futures started another week with another step to the downside. The problem now is serious chart damage is being done, opening even more downside risk. Livestock futures were mixed. Live cattle futures tried to rally but failed. Lean hog futures tried to rally and succeeded. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we begin with a conversation with Brian Basting from Advanced Trading and later Kerry Artak from ArtakAdvisory.com. Directly following the news, Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Yeah, the big blue blob is slowly making its mm-hmm. way into Iowa about the... the uh, uh, southwest quarter of the state, I guess, now is covered. But, boy, there's some heavy snow up in northwest Iowa as well. And it's made it all the way to Des Moines. So yep. Yep. it's it's happening. It's making its way on up to us here in northeast Iowa. And I'm sure that it'll be here before too long, mm-hmm. leaving some impressive uh, snowfall tallies in its wake, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we down here. Now, I'm sort of uh, mid-south part of Kansas City. Um, and so this morning around 11 a.m., it started to rain, big old fat cold drops, and it's slowly yeah. been transitioning over to snow here. Nothing sticking yet, but uh, once the sun goes down, I think we're in trouble even down here. Yeah, yeah, and the wind is starting to pick up. It's yep. been happening casually or slowly uh, throughout the morning, but, boy, by the time we get to tonight and especially tomorrow, the wind is going to be the wind is going to be something to contend with out there as well, as it already has been yep. out in Nebraska and Kansas. Uh, some really tough conditions out there. South Dakota dealing with some some blizzard-like conditions as well. And the thing is, as we talked with uh, Brett Waltz this morning from BAMWX.com, this is the lead storm. Uh, right. We've also got a big storm down along the Gulf Coast. Uh, there are... Some severe weather warnings in place already for uh, 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 down along the coast. They're they're playing a pretty big ball game tonight down in Houston. I don't mm-hmm, y- mm-hmm. You, you may not be aware, uh, but there's a big ball game down in Houston tonight. We'll see if they can get that off without a hitch. And then more storms at the end of this week and into the weekend with much much colder temperatures coming our way. So that's right. That's right. Heads we're up. Freeze out the dolphins at Arrowhead is what we're going to do. Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> That's my plan. <laughs> Love it. Mentioned it this morning, but once again, congratulations to the SDSU Jackrabbits, another yeah. uh, national championship up there at SDSU. So good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Let's go ahead and get started. What you got in the news? Chip, the U.S. dollar index was in negative territory for most of the grain's day trade, but that failed to provide much support for any of the markets. 
March soft red winter wheat futures opened slightly higher in near session highs and then fell to close below psychological support at six bucks for the first time since November 30. Chart watchers note there is little support in front month SRW futures until the 560 level. Improved moisture conditions, pardon me. <laughs> improved moisture conditions in the U.S. Central and Southern Plains added selling interest. On the demand side, re uh, reported wheat export inspections in the weekend of January 4. That totaled 491,000 metric tons, easily topped trade expectations. March HRW wheat futures 12 and 3 quarters lower, 615 and a quarter. March soft red down 19 and 3 quarter cents, 596 and 1 quarter. March spring rate closed at 702 and a half, down 9 and a half cents, Chip. Yeah, the last time that we had the SRW market down at this level, we were marching our way back to the upside after coming off of the lows, and we had had three or four export sales to China that were announced. So who knows? Maybe we're getting back down into the level that's going to bring some demand. Well, corn export inspections weekend at Jan 4 totaled nearly 857,000 metric tons. That was at the high end of trade expectations. Improved growing conditions in Argentina and less stress on first crop corn in Brazil were also noted factors in today's trade. March corn futures opened fractionally higher and tried to extend gains, but the drop back through support at Friday's low accelerated fund selling to drive prices to new contract lows. Yeah. With professional trading funds willingly on the sell side of the corn market, downside momentum is building, baby. March corn futures five and three quarters lower, 455. May corn down five and three quarters, 467 and a half. July corn futures closed at 478, down five and three quarters cents, Chip. Yeah, we'll see if the market tries to get back some of today's losses through the course of the week. If not, the funds are going to be adding on to that short position. Bean futures accelerated the downside move. The drop through support at Friday's lows triggered aggressive, fresh selling, with March bean futures closing below 12.50 for the first time since June 14. Selling in soybeans was driven by beneficial rainfall in Brazil's northern production areas and in Argentina. Traders will be watching for updated South American production estimates this week, including USDA's latest estimate in Friday's supply and demand report. Export inspections of soybeans in the weekend of January 4 totaled nearly 675,000 metric tons, just shy of trade expectations. March soybeans 10 and 3 quarters lower, 12.45 and a half. May beans down 9 and 1 half cents to 12.54 and 3 quarters. July beans closed to 12.61 and 3 quarter. That's down 8 cents today. There was some product spread unwinding today with soybean oil trading to the upside, soybean meal to the downside. Well, March cotton was 23 points higher at 80.42. Quickly on your livestocks, let's hit the closes. February fat cattle 62 and a half lower, 169.95. March feeders up 92 and one half cents to 225.07 and one half. And on the uh, snout side, February lean hogs were 60 cents higher today to close at 70.60. Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. Jack, Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? Hey, Merry Christmas, too, and Happy New Year. Yeah, I'm doing great. How about you? We're doing just while, fine. I've been enjoying my vacation here. So Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. What do you make of the markets in here, Jack? It's been three weeks since we've talked to you. What What's your gut feeling here? Well, my gut feeling is it's uh, getting a little overdone to the downside, but, um, you know, the weather changed down in South America, and uh, that, seemed to, that seemed to be the complete deal here. Uh, once the weather, once it started raining in central and northern Brazil, dried out a little bit in southern Brazil, uh, down we went. 
And uh, we really needed that to keep it going because the uh, export demand has also been tailing off, in part because of the holidays, but in part just because it's tailing off. Yeah. And um, so things, uh, you know, you can understand why we're lower. Um, could get a little rebound here this week, I suppose, but uh, um, funds are entering the short side, so they're going to be yeah. happy to sell any rallies they can get in through here. Right, right. That's exactly right. You know, we've got the funds on the short side of the market um, it, we, we shouldn't be surprised if we see some short covering in here, but, but Jack, I don't know what at this time of the year is going to move the fund money from short to out to long. And that's no, what I don't either. bulls really want to see. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't imagine what would do it right now, especially with yeah. the weather turning down in South America. We could get some numbers. They're really interesting uh, here on Wednesday from Conab and then Friday from USDA. Probably the Conab numbers are likely to be the much more significant uh, yeah. production hit. But, uh, you know, I think we've probably talked about whatever that's going to be, and that's already part of the price. Yep, yep, absolutely. Good stuff, Jack. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you later. That is Jack okay, Scoville, great. Price Futures Group. Coming up next. We've got a conversation with today's guest analyst, Brian Bassing, Advanced Trading, here on Agritalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us to start another week of trading. Uh, yeah, it got started this morning. I get it. We've we're got doing, one, one day in the bag. We're doing this week. We're doing five this week, right? We are going to do five. Actually, we might do an extra one for next week this week. Ooh. I don't know if what I'm ready for five. But no, I'm so out of shape right now. I could do like two. Maybe two? Two and a half. Yeah. That's <laughs> just well, I'm winded. I'm winded. I'm going to need you to, you know, I'm going to need you to 
I, I guess just suck it up. You know what? You know what? 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 For you and for the beloved listener, I'll do it. I'll Excellent. do it. Excellent. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Today's guest analyst, Brian Bassing from Advanced Trading. Brian, it's good to talk with you again. It's been a while, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chip. And I'm with you guys. It is hard to get back into a routine, but we'll get <laughs> we'll get going again. It won't, well, it won't take us too long again. Yeah, as soon as, our you first feel, rodeo. as soon as you feel like we're starting to get back into the routine, it gets busted up again. We've got next Monday well, off. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But uh, that's okay. I mean, we'll... Uh, Sounds like we may be digging out of some snowstorm here the yeah. next few days, but uh, we'll hunker down for a few days and uh, we'll get back at it. Yep, exactly, exactly. You know, just a side note on that, with the storms that are out in Nebraska and Kansas right now and the weather that is coming our way, you take a look at the way that the cattle market traded today. Feeder cattle uh, were higher on the idea that that corn is getting cheaper, so let's go ahead and trade to the upside. That The, the storm helped live cattle futures early in the day but by the end of the day all that support was gone and i'm thinking to myself holy smokes you know if if they want to keep the cattle moving the last thing that they want to do is give any indication that this market is going to be offering less money to move cattle in a lot of storm and a lot of snow over the week ahead but i don't know maybe that's just me brian no, no, it's, um, I know one of the challenges that, that we were able to discern from that cattle on feed report at the end of December, Chip, was that uh, for a variety of reasons, the, the, the currentness of feedlots is, it was a little bit sluggish there during the month of November. So that's uh, put us in a little bit of a bind of cattle-wise. So we're just going to have to have to um, charge forward here because 2023 was certainly a stellar year price-wise, but we're, we're, the tide has turned. A lot of things have happened here and I think we've yeah. got to acknowledge that uh, um, the market has turned here. It doesn't mean it can't come back a bit, but it certainly has turned. Right, right. You know, and and the cattle market has, over the last four months, I'd call it, um, maybe a little bit longer than that, it was up there making highs. Nobody wanted to get bearish. Uh, the fundamentals were still bullish. Demand still good. Uh the supply side of the equation was still very tight and it seemed like every time we mentioned or anyone mentioned, you know, when you're making new highs, sometimes that's the best time to build a price floor. Uh, Every time we mentioned that you just got kind of, you know, yelled at for talking negative (laughs) about, about a cattle market when all we were doing was saying, dug on it. It's making new highs. Maybe this is some risk that you ought to protect. Um, and then once the market is broken down, boy, it, it what what a case study for building that price floor when you're making highs like like that cattle market was. I, it's a perfect picture of it, isn't it? You did an exceptional job, Chip, of summarizing that because it is a case study. It's also a case study to some degree in in human emotions. I mean, it's just yeah. markets have a way of of um, market change happens and it happens very fast, <laughs> both yeah. to the upside and to the downside. Sometimes and, for uh, no reason. Exactly, and that's why I think 
when you talk about defending your balance sheet, I think you're always th talking about being prepared for when the market turns. It's not a matter of if. And and true, I mean, uh, there, you know, uh, no one knows when the high is going to be. You could have said the same thing at $180 candle as you did at 185 right. and, and 190 or whatever it got up to in the end. Yeah. But the point being is that it, the, the end was going to occur. We just didn't know when. But um, that's one of the reasons, Chip, why we like an option strategy because uh, an option strategy leaves that upside open. And you can roll up the, that floor um, mm -hmm. as you move higher. So that's this is a case study of, of that uh, taking place. Yep, yep. So here we are now, kind of a, I, I won't call it an exact opposite of what we were dealing with in cattle because, yeah, we've we've got prices under pressure in the corn market, but I wouldn't say that we are at an extreme low like we were at an extreme high in in cattle. Uh, but here we are making lows, and it feels like the market is building downside momentum. And I feel like I want to get more bearish, but but man, it, you're you're not supposed to do that, Brian. You're not supposed to get more bearish <laughs> as the market is making new lows. Yeah, I think uh, from from the standpoint of a producer, Chip, I'll start there. Is that yeah. um, in the corn market is is. Um, been a grind lower if you will since uh, the end of the crop insurance period really a little bit before that uh, in october but uh, if you look at the crop insurance price for december was 488 a bushel and um for december went off board i think about 457 a bushel uh, so it, it ground lower if you will 45 35 cents 30 cents uh, lower from from end of october to the middle of december and we've continued that grind the last um, three weeks here and and as a matter of fact the march contract this morning chip dropped below where the uh, december contract expired and that's characteristic of a carry market where the nearby contract expires and then the next contract is almost drawn if you will like a magnet to where that contract previous contract expired because yeah. If you look at it, uh, bring it down to boil it down to uh, the nitty gritty, that's what the true value of corn is. The market is paying you carry because it doesn't need all those bushels all at once. Mm -hmm. But um, by the time we get to the next contract, that's what the true value of corn is. So that's where you see a carry market grind lower and the carry erode over time. And that's what we've seen the last uh, three to four weeks here as that March contract is eroded toward December one off board. Okay. So how do you use that information as you're putting together a, a strategy to, well, at, at least to finish up your 23 crop? The biggest thing that we'd emphasize, Chip, is to get control of your 23 bushels. The perception that we have here as we start the new year is that the corn inventory is larger than usual in terms of the producer holding of unpriced corn for a variety of reasons yields in, in many cases were better than expected so what you thought would have been maybe 15 20 percent ended up being only 10 to 15 percent of your sales but regardless a lot of unpriced corn bushels and of course with that expiration of the uh, crop insurance in in november or beg your pardon, at the end of October, there is no floor and, and more. So the, the ball went back into the producer's hands. But what can we do? Get control of those bushels. How can we do it? We can sell the carry chip. Uh, we can we can do it one of two ways. We can just sell the market today if your basis is favorable. And you say, well, I don't want to sell the bottom. That's okay. We can buy a call option, simultaneously buy a call. 
And if this market is near a low, if we see something happen in South America or we get some surprise bullish news in Friday's reports, you'll be a participant when the market turns. And the market will turn eventually. I just don't know where it's going to be, and no one knows. So, But to, to let uh, have no control over bushels and see the market grinding lower is not a, a way to defend your balance sheet. A second way to do a chip would be to sell the carry now uh, out to the July. We're looking at the... Um, the March-July corn spread is trading today at about uh, 23 cents. You can do that with purchasing deferred, a deferred put option, for example. Uh, gives sure. yourself a floor in the market. Again, if the market is near the bottom, um, then you're going to be able to participate if the market rebounds. Uh, but yeah. regardless, to do nothing is 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 not the way to defend your balance sheet. You, yeah. you need to take control of these bushels. Yeah, you'd, you'd be out the premium paid for the put option if the market would recover. But as soon as the market has recovered more than the premium paid, then you are participating with the price appreciation again, correct? Yeah, you summarized that well, Chip. We could have had this conversation two weeks ago when March corn futures was at 470 a bushel. Yeah. And uh, I just said the exact same thing. I said, get control. And we're 15, nearly 20 cents lower now to where, where we were you know, two weeks ago. So it's just a matter of... of you know, at some point the market is going to turn. I just don't know where it's going to be and no one knows. So better to have some protection in place um, to, to get, again, get control of these bushels because each day the market is eroding. And yes, it is. A, at some point it's going to turn. I just don't know where it's going to turn from. And it could return very shortly or could turn weeks from now, yeah. months from now. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that is going to have to do with what we see going on down in South America, correct? Correct. Yeah. We're seeing a change chip, uh, more rainfall in northern Brazil. Good for the bean crop there. Um, It's still going to be a little bit later bean harvest, which will push back the safrinha corn planting, but definitely a change to better conditions uh, for the later maturing beans in Brazil. Yep. I can't believe the music's playing already. It's going to be, the rains are good news for most of the bean crop. There are some beans that are ready for harvest and they don't need the rain but they're not worth a darn anyway so you'd rather have the rain on the beans that can benefit that's for sure okay we got a long ways to go we're in a conversation with brian bassing from advanced trading let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes where march hard red winter wheat futures were 12 and three quarters lower at 615 and one quarter March SRW wheat was down 19 and three quarter cents to 596 and one quarter. March corn futures were five and three quarters lower at 455. May corn also down five and three quarters to 467 and one half. March soybean futures were 10 and three quarters lower, 1245 and a half. May beans down nine and one half cents to 1254 and three quarters. March cotton was 23 points higher, 8042. On your livestock's February fat cattle futures 62 and a half lower 169.95. March feeder futures up 92 and a half cents to 225.07 and one half. February lean hogs 60 cents higher today at 70.60. Get more market news every market day. Visit tryprofarmer.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. 
take a tactical first strike against weeds. Protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us. We are in the middle of a conversation with Brian Bassing from Advanced Trading. And uh, we've covered quite a bit of ground. And I got to tell you, Brian, uh, the, you know, get control of those 2023 bushels. This is a message that that you've that you've had on AgriTalk before. You know, it, at this time of the year, it's a question. It, if you're going to move forward on new crop marketings, you better doggone make sure you know where you're at on old crop first. Is is that kind of the bottom line? It is, Chip. I, I, you really summarized that well. Again, as usual, is it's a matter of getting your ducks in a row, uh, recognizing that you've already, in most cases, uh, producers have made commitments for the 2024 crop in terms of, of what to plant and, and uh, purchase seed and fertilizer and so on and so forth in many cases. So in that respect, you've already kind of locked down the cost side. So it's very important to start looking at protecting that price side. But it's very difficult to do that if you've still got quite a bit of old crop on hand yeah. that's unprotected. It's difficult to to, to um, uh, be a bearish stance or at least a defensive stance on new crop and, and uh, just have no downside protection on old crop. It's You need to get control of all bushels, yeah. starting with old crop. And then you can move forward and look at that new crop that you're you're just getting ready to uh, to move into here. Obviously, planting weeks and months away here, but not uh, on the input side. A lot of folks have done that. So yes, let's start with the 23 bushels. Let's get ourselves positioned where we've got an upside opportunity, but got our floor in place. And that's what yeah. we talk about with, for example, chip, uh, chip. In my opinion, with a put option, does give you that floor. Another alternative chip, though, is a call option. For example, sure. in the soybean market, the carry is not as attractive as it was a few weeks ago in beans, and so the market is not paying a producer to store as much as it was. And we've got the interest costs in there too, chip. Mm -hmm. so much higher interest costs on twelve dollar beans 
than it was two, three years ago when interest rates were, were basically zero. Yeah. Interest rates are much higher and there's an interest cost there now. So an alternative on beans would be to go ahead and sell those bushels and buy, let's say, a, a May call option. And if the things deteriorate in South America, uh, whether it be Brazil or Argentina, Argentina had a drought last year, as your listeners would recall, uh, regardless, or maybe China comes in here and buys, whatever the case may be, you can participate in the upside. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned interest rates, which it, it reminded me of another topic that I wanted to ask you about. The interest rate outlook for the year ahead is easier. Um, how often, how many cuts from the Fed? That's up to be decided yet by the Fed. But the the interest rate environment that we're in today is different than what it was a year ago. How does that change money flow in the markets, Brian? What are you looking How do you think that influences the the market outlook for corn and soybeans? I'm just going to stick with it with the producer side, Chip. There's a lot of different angles. A great question, but a lot of, a lot of different angles. So I'm just going to say that if you're holding unpriced inventory, whether it's corn, beans, or wheat for that matter, but corn and beans is, is paramount here as we start the new year, there's a cost associated with holding those bushels. Um, it's an opportunity cost is what it is, is what you could be doing with that money. If you had that money from the sale of those commodities, you could be paying off a note, for example, or, or you can be investing that money in a T-bill, for example, if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty. Those options were not, uh, for example, investing a T-bill two, three years ago, Chip, was not attractive to do. Right. It just, there wasn't a return there. And by the same token, the, the, the interest rate on a note two, three years ago was so low that it, you didn't even didn't even care, for lack of a better phrase. You always care about that. But what I'm saying is that the cost now is so much higher. The opportunity cost, the interest cost associated with holding uh, unpriced inventory in a bin. And so that's another reason that when we look at the, the sale of, an, of a commodity, then you can turn around and either pay off that note or invest it, whatever the case may be. But uh, I think that when you're talking about $12 beans, some places are lower than that now, and in some places are still a little bit higher. But point being is that you know eight or nine cents a month on interest alone on $12 beans uh, at this point is, is big. That's, that's a lot. Um, mm -hmm. If you talk about storing all the way into summer, Chip, you'd be talking about 50 cents a bushel, mm -hmm. you know, all the way into, uh, or more. And that's, mm -hmm. that, that's, you know, a, a lot of money. And uh, yeah. for corn, it's significant also. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you take that 50 cents times a, a couple of hundred thousand bushels and all of a sudden it, it adds up to something, doesn't it? Um, and and it adds uh, it adds up to opportunity that needs to be managed. Period. End of story. And if you're not if you're not uh, managing the opportunity cost, then then uh, your your uh, total risk management picture is missing a piece, and it it needs to be it needs to be added in there. We got quarterly grain stocks. Uh, we got the supply and demand report. We get the winter wheat seedings report on Friday. What are your thoughts going into those reports? I went back and did some research, Chip, on the March corn, March beans, and July wheat contract. And there is uh, plenty of years, not every year. I want to emphasize to your listeners, it's not every okay. year, but plenty of years where we've seen increased volatility. 
right after the release of that report. In other words, the closing price that day for those respective contracts relative to the previous day. There's been plenty of examples where it's been sharply lower and plenty of examples where it's been sharply higher and several examples when it's been close to unchanged. But point being is it's, it's a day that can be filled with surprises. There's so much at stake in terms of only the grain stocks report, for example, only four times a year. Uh, this would be the final report for the crop size from last fall. Mm -hmm. This would be our next update of South American crops from the USDA. And we've also got our first estimate of winter wheat seedings. And that could be some surprises in any or all of those reports. So we strongly encourage uh, producers, in my opinion, that uh, to defend your balance sheet by being uh, risk management strategies in place prior to the release of these reports. Because um, mm -hmm. to do positioned, you don't care if the market goes higher or lower because you're in position. Right. You know, when you talk about defending a balance sheet, uh, and uh, as you have on the show before, Brian, it, I, it, I think it was the last time that you were on and we were, we were talking, to, I was going over the notes afterwards and I realized really what you talk about is eliminate the things that you don't want to happen. Right. Is that, <laughs> that's kind of the bottom line. Eliminate the things from your risk portfolio that you do not want to happen. And once you've done that, you've got control. Yeah, the phrase you used a moment ago was spot on, Chip, and that's the word manage. You are taking control by managing a position. You are giving yourself a floor in the market if you're a producer, or you could use the same argument with end users by putting ceilings in the market, but we'll stick with producers, putting a floor in the market um, and leaving the upside open. Um, that's not... Free, uh, as you highlighted earlier, uh, there's premium associated with that, but that's part of a uh, part of the um, investment approach where you're where you're managing, you're taking control instead of just being at the mercy. I mean, if you look at the corn market chip um, since the end of October, uh, when there's crop insurance, any bushel that's unpriced since the end of October has lost a lot of value. Um, I look at the March contract, the March contract at the, on October 31st was trading somewhere around. Um, well, at the end of October was around five dollar bushel, um, and today it's at four fifty two a bushel, four fifty three a bushel, whatever. Um, so we've lost forty five cents. Um, point being is that um, if you didn't have anything in place, when you and I talked, I think I went back and did the same thing at the end of October. I said get control of these yeah. bushels. I didn't know the corn market was going to grind lower. Right. Um, I again, my crystal ball isn't as clear as and it isn't any clearer than anybody else's, but. What you just said a moment ago was spot on. Manage your position by controlling what you can control, and um, you know yeah. just get the peace of mind. Peace of mind also is, is critical there in that context, Chip. Yep, yep, yeah. And avoid making mistakes. It, that seems so easy to say, and in concept, it seems so easy. But you know, there's a lot of professional quarterbacks that don't want to throw an interception either. But sometimes they do. When that happens. You just got to recover from it and, and, and move forward. Correct. Don't, don't let that tie you up. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I caution your listeners on too, Chip, is that everyone, everyone makes mistakes. What you want to do then is learn from that and avoid, uh, trying to recoup that loss or, or try and get quote unquote, a strategy where you're, you, it sounds really good on paper, but it's not really a risk management strategy. You end up painting yourself into a corner and you make the situation worse. Yeah. Um, I could go into several. We don't have time to go into that, but I think 
your listeners understand that maybe your first reaction would be, oh, I got to make up that, that loss that I just did. We've just lost 35 cents, basically the corn market, who knows where it's going to go from here. But point being avoid that. Oh, I got to do something now to bring that back. You know, let's manage the position. Let's not try and, you know, hit a home run and then strike out again uh, and make right. things worse. So uh, I think that's, that's the lesson we, we learn moving forward and each year is different. This one's going to have some surprises, Chip. If you and I would have visited on January 8th of 2023 mm -hmm. uh, and it, being able to predict everything that happened last year. That would have been hard it, to it's do. impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so seriously, the, the word you used a moment ago, Chip, I'll emphasize it one more time. Manage what you can manage and uh, yeah. take control by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. It is full of unknowns. Uh, Tommy, you're... Your cohort there at uh, Advanced Trading, Tommy Grisafi. I read an article over the weekend. I think it was over the weekend about you know we. It's not like we had a huge black swan in 2023. Just a whole bunch of minis, a whole bunch Tommy, of minis that that. Tommy made does it. a terrific job, and he articulated that well, Chip. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, really difficult to manage that kind of a year. Great stuff. Thank you, Brian. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for the opportunity, Chip. Always you bet, Brian Basting, Advanced Trading. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out caseih.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us. Great conversation there with Brian Bassing. It's just that the bottom line there is is uh, be active. Don't don't let the markets manage you. Manage the risk that comes along with the markets for the the commodities that you are growing. Um, it's uh, it's a message of be active and take responsibility for for the risk that you face in the marketplace. So it's always good to get that reminder from Brian Brian Bassing Advanced Trading. Okay, uh, it's Monday. That means that it is time for our update from 
Carry Artec, Artec Advisory. Don't forget, if you go to artecadvisory.com, that's A-R-T-A-C, advisory.com, Carry will get you signed up for a free two-week trial of his daily service. Go ahead, Carry. What do you got? Yeah, Chip, thanks. Uh, March Corn, I've covered it a lot on your show the last few months, and I've mentioned a lot this uh, level at 460.50. I sound like a broken record, but it's a horizontal channel top that goes back to 2015. Six years later, we closed above it in 2021 that set off a significant rally. Now, since uh, September, we've been trading just above it. We've tested it several times. We've never closed below it at the end of any week. We did close below it today, 460.50. And in fact, because of its long-term scope, it does deserve a 1% downside violation that if we were to close at 456 even or lower on Friday, that sets off a long-term sell signal. Uh, We've been weak anyway, obviously, sitting here down in the low in the 460s, 470s, 480s for the last four or five months. But closing at 456 even or lower should set off bearish continuation. I'd say over the next three to five weeks, by the end of February anyway, 438 even would be anticipated. And over the next three to five months, 412 to 417, this is an area that can contain seasonal lows. In other words, by that point in time, we just might bottom out there into summer activity. Now, if we do not close Friday the week itself below 460 half, this market remains stable and possibly could muster a decent rally as we move into spring trade. 493 and three quarter upside. That is actually in reach over the next three to five weeks if we can close Friday above 460 half. 493 and three quarters, a meaningful pivot point through the rest of winter. It can contain monthly buying pressures. And yet, if we close above 493 and three quarter, 534 even expected over the following two to three months where the broader corn futures market can top out into summer activity. On to March soybeans, very similar dynamic. March soybeans closed for the first time today below a three-year channel bottom on the weekly chart. It needs to do so by a 1% margin as well. The channel bottom is 1252 half, uh, and the 1% violation of that is 1240 even. So we close inside that range. But if we close on Friday, March soybeans, at 1240 even or lower, in other words, 1% below that significant 1252 half support level, then we have a meaningful sell signal into spring. 1181 and a quarter, then expected over the next one to two months. 1092 even expected over the next three to five months where the broader soybean market can bottom out into summer activity. But until then, if this market Friday can close at 1252 even or higher, it remains actually stable and I think inclined for recovery over the next two to three months, three to five months or so. On the way up, 1296 even would offer a, a meaningful upward pivot point. So 1296 even would be in reach over the next two to three weeks if we can close Friday, 1252 half or higher. 1296 even able to contain weekly buying pressures and if settled above, should set up a nice rally over the following two to three months into the 1398 even to 1425 even area where the broader soybean market can actually top out into summer activity. And finally, March feeder cattle. Uh, there's a three-year channel bottom that held nicely uh, you know, in December. This is a longer-term support level that we are well above now, and above which, holding about 1215.65, talking March feeder cattle, will keep 12, uh, 237 even in reach as a two- to three-month target. On the way up, 230.37 can contain weekly buying pressures. We're around 225 right now. 
If we can close above 230.37 at the end of this week, that 237 even level, then likely within just another week or two, where we could top out into spring. And if we can close above 237 even, this market can run nicely again over the following three to five months, hmm. back to that 266.77, 27-year channel top that we tested in September and it held beautifully. We fell all the way back to the three-year channel bottom in December that is now at 215.65. So that is the big picture support, 215.65. I don't see it this week. I'll keep you abreast of it. But if over the next yeah. few weeks we close below that 215.65 three-year channel bottom, that sets off a longer-term sell signal into later year. 184.15, that expected within two to three months. 145 even wouldn't surprise me over the next full year. This is still, after all, a church steeple rally. We are on the back side of that. It's not as if it's preordained to give way all the way back into the mid-140s over the next year. But if we were to close below 215.65 and rising weekly, I do think that is the big picture level that we should anticipate over the next full year of trade. And that's all I've got for this week, okay. Chip. All right. Good stuff, Kerry. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Kerry Artac, Artac Advisory. Again, go to artacadvisory.com. Get signed up for that two-week free trial. So, Davis, uh, okay. I'm looking at the radar. The storm okay. is making progress. It's moving I north see. and east of Des Moines. Yep. It's quite a ways. I mean, it's getting into north-central Iowa already. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's happening, guys. But it's uh, it's more than happening for out there, for the guys out in Nebraska, Kansas, and northern Missouri right now. That's uh, it's quite the storm that has developed. And, of course, uh, severe weather down on the Gulf Coast. Big game tonight down in Houston, so um, we'll have to be be watching for that and see if there's any issues down there. Okay, National Weather Service 6 to 10 day outlook, January 14th through the 18th. The below normal temperature bullseye is right in the middle of the country. You got mm -hmm. all of Iowa and all of Illinois in it. Uh, all of Missouri is in that yep. as well. Is That's for the highest odds of below normal temperatures but it's across the entire midwest corn belt rockies region we're looking at near normal precipitation in that outlook as well the 8 to 14 day below normal temperatures below normal precipitation all right thank you so much for listening this afternoon really appreciate it thanks to brian bassing again come back tomorrow morning 10:06 central for more agritalk